Come join me as we hear from Lorna Hewson, lead learner and co-founder of Jigsaw Learning, as she and I discuss toolboxes, garages, mechanics, how they pertain to collaborative response, and the contradictory statement of reducing your meanings by adding one more. Leading organizations with intentionality and purpose is complex work. And dedicated leaders work tirelessly each and every day to build impactful cultures of collaboration. But effective collaboration is difficult and messy. The good news is you don't have to do it alone. Join the Jigsaw Learning Team for Leading Collaborative Response, sharing insights for leaders committed to establishing, refining, and deepening collaborative response in their organization. Welcome back to another episode of Leading Collaborative Response. I am Jennifer Ferguson, and I am joined today by lead learner and co-founder of Jigsaw Learning, Lorna Hewson. So hi, hi. Lorna. <laughs> hi, Jen. Oh, it's been a while since we've had a chance to chat. And, uh, you know, I'm taking a look at the weather. We're nearing the end of September here as we record this, and it has been a beautiful fall. How have you been enjoying the weather? Oh, it's been just just absolutely amazing you know that I'm a sunshine heat girl <laughs> and actually I get quite sad when the fall comes so I'm I am absolutely thrilled the, with the fact that I still get to be outside my flowers are still there and yeah I'm just thrilled by the the sun and the warmth and the heat in September but Jen, I'm sure that's coming to an end soon. <laughs> I'm going to knock wood that it's not going to come too soon. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I keep wondering if we're going to go from, you know, still the 20s to minus 20 <laughs> overnight. Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't say that. No, I didn't you didn't. You didn't say that. This is this is Alberta where you can experience all four seasons in one day. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll take what we can get. It has been just gorgeous. And it's been wonderful to be able to still take advantage of our outside activities. We've been out at the lake quite a bit still, which is always re renewing and refreshing. So we're really super thankful for that. And I've seen your garden. So I know how much you're enjoying that the growing season has extended. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so Mona, you're here today. And our, our, our title of our podcast is reduce your meetings by adding one more, which is kind of a contradiction that we're going to go through. But before we get into the topic of meetings, collaborative response is all about teams. So can we talk first about purposeful and intentional teams before we get into meetings? Yeah, absolutely. When we think about collaborative response, um, we automatically jump to the, <laughs> anybody who's done any work with us, jump to, you know, our collaborative team meetings, all the meeting structures and processes that we have. But um, when we think about the process overall of collaborative response, how we're responding collaboratively to the students in our building and to, to their needs, then we really need to think carefully about how our, our teams are coming together with purpose and intention and that there are a number of things that need thoughtful consideration, especially in the planning area, Jen. 
This is not something that happens overnight. <laughs> Takes a little bit of time and uh, and lots of planning to really organize this well so that your teams are purposeful and intentional. So as we talk about like layering teams within that essence of collaborative response, what kind of teams are we referring to? You know, this was something that we didn't understand when we first started this work, Jen. And uh, we knew early on that we needed to be able to create time and teams to, to work collaboratively, to truly work collaboratively. It wasn't just about uh, building a schedule and bringing people into the same room and then expecting that, yeah, miracles were going to take place. <laughs> but um, it, it really, we knew that we needed to have a specific structure and that began that became the genesis of our collaborative team meetings of course so initially we really focused on just that structure in developing what does that process look like how do we uh, access expertise around the room and from all the team members who are coming together over time we had a number of well and it would happen all the time actually every time we'd bring a team together they we'd inevitably end up talking about a student who had more complex needs. You know how it goes. The stories start to happen and, <laughs> and we start to talk further and further. And now our five minute conversation ends up in 15 talking about one student. And, uh, and we got to a place where we went, okay, so this structure of collaborative team meetings is not intended to be a deep dive for one student. It's intended to surface practice amongst the team while providing support for a number of students at the same time. So we kind of got to a place of, we said, well, when we start going down that pathway of storytelling and, and the long uh, out of out of our control kinds of scenarios <laughs> that happen when we talk about uh, students who are really experiencing a lot of challenges, then we uh, got to a place where we said, okay, let's decide that when this happens, we'll say, okay, we know that we need to be able to talk further about this student, but can we do that after this meeting? Or can we do that you know, outside of this time that we have dedicated for collaborative team meetings. So that was kind of our initial thought about how we manage that storytelling. But besides that, you need to be able to talk about students who have uh, more, more challenges and more difficulties in, in specific areas. And so we really began to think about, okay, so then how do we ensure that teachers have a response. So if they can't talk about students in this meeting, then where? And it really had us exploring, um, how do we set up then the, the other structures or the other teams that are going to provide those more intensive supports um, as 
the needs of students arise. So we really started to think about what else could be happening at that school and is happening because many of those levels of teams are already in place in schools. But how do we create that connection between what we're trying to do in the collaborative team meeting and then how do we provide that more intensive support for individual students as we go well, I would say that teachers are very lucky that you went through that consideration because things things that you hear as a, as a colleague are, well, I need somebody to do something about this kid because I can't do this right now. Yeah. <laughs> or I need to talk about this student, but there's no time. Yeah. So the fact that you guys have gone through and, and really talked through those structures of, of what each layer of team looks like. So you've got your collaborative team and then you've got this, this other team that you've started. But I, I've had the experience to be around you guys for a while now. And, and I know that this has grown to be Absolutely. more of a school-wide response and it kind of reflects the continuum because you have yeah. things happening at all four tiers now. Yeah, that's... <laughs> one of the reasons this is not a simple process. It's not just <laughs> starting up a, a specific team like collaborative team meetings and then you're good to go because <laughs> it's all these pieces that connect with one another. So Jenna, just thinking back about, you know, when we talk about teachers and, you know, they're doing the very best that they can in their classrooms for all of the students and knowing that you know, there's so many diverse needs in every single classroom that that becomes super challenging. So when we think about a school, and, and I'll just say traditional school, just because these are kind of traditional structures that, that would have happened previously and in our school as well, but that when a teacher is uh, working with students and when they come to a place where they're really struggling, trying to figure out what to do next for that student, then without articulated layers of teams in place, then a teacher reaches out to what is available to them. And for some schools, that might be just the psychologist or the um, the principal going down to the office to say, okay, so I need somebody to come and see what's happening for this child. And that might mean then that we have jumped all the way from tier one, from that classroom instruction, all the way up to those intensive supports at tier four. And we know that if that happens often and we don't have those other layers in place, then uh, our our external services and our more intensive school support uh, teams and the supports provided at the school level become flooded by all the children who, you know, once they've been identified at the classroom level, we're bumping them right up to that tier four. And that overwhelms our services and, uh, and actually creates a situation where we might be addressing the needs of a student at that intensive level when we could have addressed their needs within the classroom and well, just I, with a few differentiated supports, right? Yeah. And I and I think about, you know, my experiences in schools and and when that happens, you have so many kids trying to access those top tiers and you want to provide some kind of response for those kids. 
So everybody's getting a little bit of something. Yeah. But it's often not enough to to do anything about what the concern's about. So it's not benefiting the students, it's not benefiting the staff who who want to do more but are limited in in what they have for resources to be able to give them whether that be time or programming or those sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the other thing, Jen, is that sometimes when we flooded that mm. tier four support, then we uh, <laughs> we remove the chances that kids who actually need that level of support aren't going to receive it because there's too many kids to address at that level if we don't have the other layers in place. So Lorna, talk to me about some of those other layers then. Jen, so you had you had mentioned before that there's this beautiful alignment between our continuum of supports and our layers of teams. And when we think about our continuum of supports, uh, we have four tiers within our continuum. The first one being classroom instruction. This is just effective instruction that is happening in every every classroom across our school. Tier two are classroom supports. And this is what we put in place for some students some of the time. And this is, of course, differentiation. What we've you know, tried to focus on for so long about you know, how do we provide those differentiated supports within the classroom? Well, this is very simply classroom instruction, but we are scaffolding and shifting according to the specific needs of the children in our classroom. We know that a number of students, if we spend the time to really understand who they are and what they need, then we can differentiate within our classroom and meet a lot of needs. And so our collaborative team meeting, of course, is the team that helps to support that and helps to surface all those different strategies that we can be using there. At tier three, we have our school level supports, and this would be uh, more intensive supports for some students, Typically, we provide them through small groups, not always, though, sometimes it's individualized, um, but is available at that school level. And then finally, those most intensive supports are usually involving external partners or other supports that will come into the school to provide those most intensive uh, needs for students. So when we think about those four tiers, then they are very specific in terms of our support. So it really is, it's not about labeling. <laughs> it's not about labeling at all. It's about what is our response as a, a school team, as a staff, when it comes to the needs of students. So we want to articulate that well so that we understand exactly what are all of the levels of supports that we have across our school and how do we access them. So we'll probably talk about that later. We have many schools that when we first talk to, to schools about collaborative response, that is usually a jumping board. Um, they they hear about the continuum of supports and go, yeah, let's do that. That will be really great to be able to have uh, all these instructional strategies identified and the supports are across our school identified. And we would, yeah, wholeheartedly agree. However, <laughs> again, it 
has no purposeful function without having a team that aligns with each of those layers. So we can create our continuum, we can articulate all the practices, we can make a beautiful poster, but unless we have a team that aligns with each of those tiers of the continuum, then we have no way of actually putting it into place and, and having those supports actualized for students. So we need to have a team aligned with every tier of our continuum. So there is this beautiful partnership between those two pieces. So when we think about tier one classroom instruction, this is a collaborative planning team. A collaborative planning team uh, is typically teachers coming together to focus on uh, classroom instruction and assessment. So this allows us to create unit plans, create common assessments, and we would have referred to this uh, in the past, or Dufour's referred to this as a professional learning community. So these are teachers coming together, focusing on uh, improving and enhancing their instruction. Then tier two, we go to those differentiated supports. And this is where we introduce collaborative team meetings, which is a very unique structure to collaborative response. And it is not typically found in many schools. And it is a very defined structure because we identify students that are experiencing a key issue. Then we set those students to the side we brainstorm all the things that we can think of around that key issue. And then after we've exhausted our bank of strategies, um, then we come back and say, for this student, which strategy are we going to pursue going forward? And then having that follow up within the classroom. So it does two things at one time. It allows us to be able to identify students that we are concerned about. But having a conversation about what can we do within our own classrooms to be able to support that particular issue and who are all the other students that would also benefit from that, uh, from those ideas that are being generated. And the big benefit is that we build our practice at the same time, learning lots and lots of strategies that we can use for those students, but for students that we will experience in the future, or perhaps some students that we have in the back of our mind already. So it becomes this really wonderful experience for teams of teachers to come to those meetings uh, to learn, to learn from each other and to benefit from each other, but also for them to share their expertise because everyone comes to that table with expertise as well. And I heard it described, the collaborative team meeting, is the idea that every teacher is coming to the garage with their toolbox yeah. and they're putting, they're opening up their toolbox and putting all the tools out there. And then after that collaborative team meeting is over, the toolboxes are now in the garage. And instead of being limited to one teacher toolbox, Every teacher has an entire garage now of things that they can go to and access. I thought oh, it was a kind of neat analogy. <laughs> uh, that is that is just beautiful because we we get a chance to be able to share what we know and every teacher, even even teachers just beginning their practice, 
have ideas to share. And then we have teachers in their 20 and 30, 30 years of experience who have a wealth of, of information to share. But Jen, this is where sometimes we think that what we do is just typical. And we just make the assumption that what I do is just common and it's not special. But this, uh, this particular process around uh, collaborative team meetings really allows us to surface even the most simple ideas that perhaps not everyone in the room uses or understands well. So it gives us a great opportunity to learn from each other, but to share expertise at the same time. And that goes back to the idea that when we come to a collaborative team meeting, we're all experts and all learners at the same time. So Lorna, we come to the table, we've, we've opened up the toolboxes, we're in the garage, there's nothing in there that's going to help. We need a mechanic. Right. What is the mechanic <laughs> of collaborative response? <laughs> you know, usually this becomes evident in a collaborative team meeting when a teacher wants to talk repeatedly about the same child, or perhaps uh, they want to spend more time talking about that one child. And, uh, and we already um, had talked about the fact that when uh, a teacher is at that place where they're really struggling with the needs of one individual student, then they need to have a place where they can have that conversation. And so our mechanics <laughs> are all part of the school support team. And so this is where, uh, from our collaborative team meeting, we want to be able to identify, okay, this student we need to have a more intensive conversation about. So let's put them onto our list for our school support team meeting. And of course, that's our next level of team, which aligns with our school supports at tier three on our continuum. And this team is typically uh, the administrators in the school, uh, the assistant principals, it can be counselors, learning support, inclusive education facilitators, um, kind of any specialized roles that might uh, contribute to a more intensive conversation about one student or perhaps um, perhaps a small group of students. And often this becomes our place where we put that layer of intervention in place. And so it might be school-wide intervention, it might be intervention for one particular classroom around a certain group of students are, who are in need. So I even think about um, relationships, perhaps there's a, a group of children in a classroom who are really having a hard time getting along. Uh, counselor might convene a small group to build understanding and build compassion with that small group of students. And so that would be a school-wide support that would be convened, like organized, determined the who goes to those small groups. And that all happens within your school support team. So really, your school support team are your mechanics that take it to the next level. <laughs> And I think about those school support teams prior to collaborative team meetings, there were often a number of students that were being referred to those teams and those teams would have to meet almost daily sometimes because another student had been referred and whatnot. 
But with the collaborative team meetings, we're starting to see fewer students needing to go to that next level. Yeah, that's absolutely true. The other thing, Jen, that sometimes would have happened is that uh, that team becomes quite reactionary because teachers are just struggling with students and then they just reach out to one of those people who might be on that team. And then there's hallway conversations, there's uh, conversations in the staff room, um, just in the office area. And, uh, and this team, the school support team, also requires structure and process as well. So being able to and it, and it just depends on your school, but being able to convene that team once a week or perhaps every second week, depending on what the need is at the school level. Without doing that, you function consistently in uh, a reactive mode. And so if you have your team meeting regularly, you have an opportunity to be able to talk about students that are surfacing talk about supports that are already in place and whether they're working or not. And then what uh, what else do we need? Who are the students who are continuing to require additional supports and how do we enhance that? So it really is targeted support, allowing that team to be proactive rather than just uh, jumping and responding <laughs> as needs arise. So that team is incredibly valuable at the school level. And they, I mean, they come to the table with toolboxes and toolboxes and they, they, they've enhanced the garage yeah. as the mechanics as we're referring to them to, they've come across a student who, who has more intensive needs than what they're able to provide. Is yeah. there a next step? Yes, there is a next step. And that next step is into that case consult team. And the case consult team uh, addresses the needs at tier four, which is those most intensive needs. This is typically we are uh, looking at a really quite complex situation. And that might be a complexity in social emotional needs. It might be uh, behaviorally, it could be physically, um, but being able to convene a team that is a complete wraparound for one student. And it's always convened around one student. Often motivated by and initiated by uh, that complexity or sometimes crisis too. Sometimes there's something that happens that we need to be able to respond and we have that full team wraparound. It also involves our external partners. So there might be a psychologist that comes along and joins that team. Uh, your, it might be RCMP, depending on the situation. It might be um, an occupational therapist who, who needs to be involved as well. So it just depends on the circumstances. But this team is very unique in that the other teams were typically talking about a number of students. We're talking about groups of students convening supports for groups of students. But at that case consult level, it, it really is about one student. We typically involve the family as well, which we don't in the other layers of teams. And there is a very specific process 
around helping parents to feel uh, comfortable and welcomed and supported with that case consult team. And the way we do that is to be able to have each uh, piece of our agenda is started by a parent's response. So we always begin every part of our meeting with inviting the parents to provide their perspective on uh, whatever's happening, including celebrations and strengths and interests. And we identify those up front so that we can create supports that attend to their strengths and interests and the things that are happening that are successful for that child. It's interesting to hear the parallels in the psychology of the collaborative team meetings coming out in other layers of team meetings as well. And this is very intentionally structured so that so that people, so anyone attending uh, can feel success. When you talked about kids in crisis, mm. um, it, it brought back to me the notion that we tear supports, not students. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me, you know, we, we, we don't put a student in tier four and leave them there. That's the, the where students fall on those team boards and in those conversations is really about what support they need at that point in time. They're, they're not, they're not labeled and stuck there and stay there forever. The support is there for the students that need it. And then the students move to that support when they need it and move away from that support when they no longer need it. Yeah, Jen, you know, we have been notorious in education about labeling and we label because we want to identify a need and it, and it's all done with good intention, but we ident- we label to identify a need and then we can respond appropriately to that need. But we know that every child, every human being, <laughs> us included, have jagged profiles and that there are things that um, that you're successful at and that you're really quite talented at and you have gifts for. And there are other things that you come up against in life that are much more challenging for you. And so we need to take that same perspective with our children that there are things that they're going to be great at and we need to identify them. But there are things that they're going to have difficulty with, and it might be just a small moment in time that we need to put a few strategies or we need to build some more um, understanding around a particular area for a student, and then they'll be successful with that too. But being able to adjust and adapt to each of their jagged profiles allows us to provide support as needed when needed. So Lorna, you've talked a lot about the structures within those meetings and the structures of the teams and clearly articulating, you know, who's going to be there when they're going to meet, what the purpose is. What about the process for moving a student from from one team to the next to the next? Well, it depends. (laughs) That's often my answer. (laughs) When we, when we talk about collaborative response, because as 
as you know, uh, it truly is uh, designed for the context of the school, the context of the students in that school, and the context of the community. But uh, in this instance, when we think about, you know, those layers of teams are very intentional and they serve a very specific purpose for each layer. But as we know, we uh, sometimes come across kids who need more and more, and we're layering those supports on. It's not just providing one layer of support, it's adding on each time. Um, but that means that there needs to be some communication between each layer of team. And for some schools, especially when we go from uh, the collaborative team meeting at tier two into the school support teams at tier three, some schools uh, create a referral system that can be used there. And it can be simply a Google form. It can be a checklist uh, to be able to identify. And this probably the most important part is being able to identify what has already been done. What is the key issue that is happening for that student and what have we already tried and why are we continuing to experience some frustration or lack of success for that student? So it might be a, a really simple referral. Um, it might be a matter of adding a student to a list. So if we have our team meeting agenda being used uh, consistently at our collaborative team meetings, then we can create a space in that agenda that says, who are the students who need more intensive supports? And that we would love to be able to have the school support team take a look at this student and what's been happening for them. Then it might be just a matter of taking that piece of the agenda and then transferring it onto the agenda for the school support team meeting. But knowing that it is always important for us to investigate what it is that has happened before. Jenwin, I think the importance of that school support team is really incredible to think about the re directional response that they are really focusing on. So that team actually can uh, bring forward a, a student, look at their strengths and interests and gifts, and then determine that they might need a very specific kind of support and put that support in place. They might receive that student into their conversation and say, actually, I think we need to provide support to the teacher because uh, we haven't explored all the differentiated strategies that are in place that should fit within tier two, perhaps some of those strategies, uh, there isn't a great enough awareness around. So then we would support the teacher at tier two back in the classroom for that student. And it might be, wow, we've done a lot for this student already. We do need to involve uh, external partners. So that school support team becomes incredibly important in determining are we advancing supports or are we actually backing up to make sure that we haven't missed anything that could be important for that student. That's a very eloquent way that you've described their role. <laughs> <laughs> because they're a connector now. 
they are right? like they're 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 a linchpin in in the whole collaborative response being provided to the school they not only are uh determining which direction which is why the leadership is so critical in that level of team but um they're not only determining the support for that student, but they also are deploying their teams and deploying supports for teachers as well at that level. Uh, Lorna, I think this is a great time to ask the WeCollab question because it's one of the most frequently asked questions that, that I get in my role. This question is brought to you by WeCollab. Designed by educators for educators, this comprehensive digital system aligns with the foundational components of collaborative response. Moving from conversation to action, WeCollab empowers classrooms, schools, and systems to provide the very best response for each and every child by informing action-based decision-making with data and evidence supporting student success. these teams that are meeting about students so you've got the collaborative planning that's meeting about all of the students and planning for instruction you've got the collaborative team meeting that's happening we're putting in differentiated supports the school support team you've got the case consult team so as a student progresses through how are schools ensuring that there's like transparent and responsive communication so that because it's back to the classroom teacher how do they always know what's happening for their students and what responses are being provided? How do we ensure that communication? So every team has very defined structures and processes for each of those teams, Jen, which includes, of course, an agenda, which allows, uh, allows us to think about the functioning of that time and the allocation of time across that that team meeting, but also a way to record notes. And within that, then, uh, that might be as simply as having a document or you're adding into the agenda and recording notes so that everyone has that ongoing information. Uh, schools sometimes use an Excel sheet, but of course, <laughs> we collab serves a, a beautiful purpose there in that we are opening up the software, walking through the agenda, documenting the conversations, documenting the supports, the actions that we're putting in place for each student, and then it it goes into the profiles for each of those students and becomes an incredible bank of information on that student, both within the supports that are being tried and whether they're successful or not, but also uh, those strengths and interests and uh, and the supports that are really quite successful for students. So it becomes that ongoing information that we continue to build and contribute to within each level of team, whether it's a collaborative team meeting or whether it's a school support team meeting, all using that same system to be able to document and comment on uh, the actions that are put in place for each student. So what I'm hearing is regardless of the system, document, document, document. <laughs> <laughs> and share 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 <laughs> yes for sure <laughs> 
So Lauren, I'm going to wrap back around to, to our conversation here. And we talked about reducing the number of meetings by adding one more and how that's kind of a contradiction. We've talked about the different layers, but can you get into that contradiction and, and what sum up for me what we we're trying to describe? Uh, when we first start looking at teams in schools, Jen, we we know that people have teams in schools, regardless of whether they've heard of collaborative response or not. Um, but what we sometimes find is that uh, schools need to take a moment to take a little bit of a pause to do an inventory to determine the teams that they do have in their school and the function and purpose of each of those teams. And we've got a template, of course, that, that helps you uh, to be able to walk through that process. We sometimes find that there's teams that are addressing the needs of the same group of students. We sometimes find that there is a gap in, uh, in teams so that we're missing uh, some students within those levels of teams. So making sure that we have each of those levels. So when we go back to that contradictory statement <laughs> of reduce your meetings by adding one more, it is that intention around the collaborative team meetings. Many, many schools already have a process or a structure around teachers planning together. So that's your, your collaborative planning. Schools have those more intensive teams of school support teams and case consult teams within a response to intervention. Those two structures have been really detailed and defined, maybe not exactly the way that we do in collaborative response, but, uh, but typically schools will have those in place. What we find is that of course, the collaborative team meeting structure is the one that's missing. And when we have that structure in place, that team in place, then we begin to reduce meetings with the other levels of teams because we're addressing so many needs within our collaborative team meetings. So in that sense, we are reducing our meetings in those intensive end of supports by adding that one structure of collaborative team meetings to fill that space and become the connection between classroom practice and more intensive needs and supports for students. Lorna, as I listened to you, you just, you just filled a gap for me. <laughs> so PLCs, collaborative planning time, RTI, yeah school support teams, case consult teams, yeah. and, and the mesh and what brings them together is that collaborative team meeting. It's the puzzle piece. It's the puzzle piece that makes the whole picture fit. <laughs> and that's why that team is so critical. And that's why we work with schools and districts to fill in that space that hasn't been there in the past. So I'm going to bring you back to Lorna. The motto or the slogan or whatever we want to call it that is currently representing jigsaw learning tell us about it because it changed last year and i think the more we talk the more i understand why yeah we truly truly believe to our very core that every child deserves a team we always have talked about or for a long time anyway we've talked about 
having wraparound teams for students with more complex needs. Well, we have a vision that every child not only has that wraparound team, but deserves to have that wraparound team that really knows them so well and that understands their strengths, their interests, and their gifts and talents so that we can use those to be able to provide supports based on their jagged profiles. And so we will continue to share this thinking with schools around um, collaborative team meetings and about being able to provide a collaborative response to address the fact that every child deserves a team. Lorna, there has been so much in this conversation today. It started out as a simple topic of let's talk about the layers of teams, but really <laughs> there there is a complexity in there that takes some time to unpack and reflect upon. So thank you for being here to, to provoke our audience into thinking about what's happening in their schools and how they might support kids. Thank you for piecing together things that might already be in practice and always your time is so valuable because I know that our partners want, want to be talking to you instead of you talking to me. <laughs> uh, well, it is my pleasure, Jen. And, and through these conversations, we actually can share more ideas with more people and, uh, and the more educators who uh, grasp onto even components of this quite complex <laughs> structures and processes, then uh, we will see things happening for students across our province, across our country. Yeah, and that's what we're excited to see. Across the world. <laughs> but I have big visions. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lorna. You take care. You too, Jen. See you soon. Ensuring success for all students is a moral imperative for all schools, but it takes a highly coordinated framework of structures and processes to maximize the collective capacity of the team. In collaborative response, three foundational components that transform how we respond to the needs of learners, we share an organizational mindset that involves fundamental shifts for schools and districts. Numerous school and district examples, as well as access to a large number of resources, are provided within the text and in the accompanying companion website. Join the growing number of schools using collaborative response to ensure high levels of success for students and staff, stemming from the essential belief that every child deserves a team. As I consider my conversation with Lorna, there are three things that really stand out for me. The first one is the importance of context. There is a need for purposeful and intentional teams to be developed and for structures and processes to be defined for each of those teams. But what it looks like in implementation will depend entirely on the context of the school, who the personnel are, what time and resources are available. The second part for me is the alignment of those teams to the tiers of support. Having each layer connected to a tier of support truly enables schools to actualize those supports within their context so that students are receiving what they need to be successful. 
The third thing is the importance of the collaborative team meeting. By adding in that layer of meeting, that one more type, it actually has the impact to reduce the number of meetings that are being had about individual students because we have the opportunity to address their needs earlier in a meeting where we can share our toolboxes. And at the same time, it offers that bridge between what we traditionally know as PLCs, that collaborative planning time, and what we traditionally know as RTI, which is that case consult team and school support team that needs to add in some additional support. So the collaborative team meeting really is a linchpin to the whole collaborative response process that is able to be provided by a school. For more on collaborative response, visit jigsawlearning.ca or join the JL Insider to receive access to newly added resources and content. Make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe to the podcast and the Jigsaw Learning YouTube channel to access past and upcoming episodes. Join us again to continue to build your own capacity in leading collaborative response in your context.